College basketball fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some college hoops. And right now, as we speak, Duke is up 64-63 with 3.38 to go. I'm sure this is, I'm just looking at ESPN, so I'm sure it's way deeper. It's ESPN live stuff it totally sucks now in the last few years. But anyway, I'm sure my co-host, the North Kekalaka kid, um, you know, is looking for that to be an L, right? Um, we almost had an L from Auburn, the number one team on the road, 74-72. They snuck that puppy out. Gonzaga didn't need to sneak anything out. They could have snuck out early in the game and still won. They, they put up 90 on BYU. UCLA falls to Arizona in the rematch. Um, then Ukula turns around and loses in triple overtime. Uh, they got some big games coming up, though, so they do have plenty of, you know, potential to bounce right back. Um, Arizona beat USC right, you know, on that Sunday or on that Saturday as well. So that was a great week for Arizona. They really bounced back, that's for sure. Kansas demolished Baylor. We figured they wouldn't lose at home again. We're back-to-back big games anyway, and they, they didn't. <laughs> they, they definitely looked good. Um, Duke did just scrape by North Carolina. Um, I, there was a variety of games that we'll definitely get into. Providence kept it moving. Um, they've been just real solid this, you know, this year in general. We, we definitely talked about them overall. Um, so, yeah, we had a good week of college basketball. Uh, Marquette beat Nova. That was a big game as well, dating all the way back to Tuesday. It was a, a Tuesday. You know, this next Tuesday is huge. Tuesday, you know, Big Monday's a thing, but, man, Tuesday, there were some really good games. That Kansas-Iowa State game, uh, the Texas Tech-Texas game, Providence-St. John's, just definitely stacked, man. No doubt about it, Duke did beat Notre Dame. We were talking on air while that game was going on. This weekend, you know, we've been spoiled. We're talking about uh, off-air. We've been a little spoiled uh, so far since we started, you know, we transitioned from college football to college basketball with the schedule um, because we've had so many great games. And like I said, this Tuesday is packed. I mean, Marquette visits UConn. UConn's in the thick of their schedule. Illinois going at Purdue in the rematch from a great game. Um, Wisconsin, Michigan State. But I got to admit, you know, Friday also, sleeper on Friday. Friday's been hit or miss so far. UConn and Xavier, that should be good. But, you know, the Saturday schedule – you know, definitely has some, you know, Texas at Baylor, and there's some good games. Rutgers give, could give Wisconsin a little bit of problems. Um, you know, there, there's good games. I'm not saying there's not. UCLA and USC kind of stand out as the top matchup, I guess you could say, rankings-wise, Gonzaga, you know, St. Mary's as well. Um, but it's not as jam-packed, but it still should be pretty damn good, no doubt about it. We're going to get into that. We're going to, you know, recap preview and predicts, kind of break down how the big conferences are going in the races, some of the big games, you know, within those um, conferences. But if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and download the show directly there um, or, or listen to the browser if you don't want to. You could find um, this year, College Ball Show under the Rope of Dope Radio podcast on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, 
Stitcher, Spricker, Amazon Music. We're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cable or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. If you upgrade to the choice or ultimate package, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees, which we're seeing is tougher and tougher nowadays on cable platforms. And if you go all the way to the premiere package, that'll give you HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay, let's bring in my co-host. I just realized I went a little long on that intro. Let's catch up with the co-host and see how he's doing. I'll shut up for a little bit. Well, I'm doing good, but speaking of college basketball, uh, last Saturday was tough. Um, I've obviously been a Carolina fan my whole life. I'm a huge sports fan, uh, but Carolina's probably been the team I've supported for most of my life, and that was one of the worst games I've seen Carolina play against Duke just because they never really had a chance. Um, Rarely do you see, like, blowouts in that game, but there was, I mean, there was maybe one time in the game where I thought we might make a run in the first half, maybe one time in the second half, and that was really it. And I realize I've been spoiled by pretty much always having um, guards for Carolina who are, like, going to be future NBA players or overseas or something. But there was no explosiveness. It was just a, a beatdown of a game. Um, so that definitely sucked. Um, obviously, I got to give credit to Duke. Um, I know their players said they were motivated to win for Coach K. That was his last game at Duke. Um, yeah, it's rare that Duke whoops our ass in Carolina. But they definitely did. And Carolina's um, best player, uh, Manic, who transferred from Oklahoma, had a hell of a game. And yet Jay Billis, the whole game, Chris talked about how tired he was. Well, he was tired because the coach didn't – he literally played the first 38 minutes of the game that went to the bench to finish off the game. It's like, in what world are you going to have this guy play 38 minutes? I just thought it was really stupid coach by Huber Davis. Like, okay, I know that he's been kind of your offense all game, but – you can't let him rest for a minute or two. So no point guard, awful shooting. Duke killed us. Um, I, I hate saying it, but I got to own up to when my team wins because when they do beat Duke, I like to brag about it. So, yeah, that was a shitty day. But uh, you're right. We do have a great show to talk about as we have college basketball. I just wish I could have bragged about a Tar Heels dub against the Blue Devils. Well, you know, there is that game. Usually it's at the end of the season. I think I'm correct on that still, um, that it could be payback. You never know. True. Um, you know, I mentioned Providence kept it going. Arizona had a hell of a week. They beat. They got jumped out like forty-two to thirty or something like that on UCLA. Good old Ukula right off the bat. And although UCLA played decent down the stretch, it just wasn't enough. Seventy-six to sixty-six. They shot forty-eight percent. They got to the line thirty times. Um, they shot twenty of thirty. And that's kind of a, a reoccurring theme um, that we may want to keep an eye on. Fifteen turnovers as well in that game, but you know, obviously, Ukula is a tough club. They had pretty much handled them, you know, in the first game. So, so you know, it was a good bounce back after kind of just getting not completely destroyed uh, the first time around because it was only like sixteen points, but they just never were in that game. And then to turn around, Marshall. 
And sure, it's back-to-back games on their home floor. I think they've won 15 in a row on their home floor. They go out uh, against USC, shoot 47% from the field compared to 34%. Only took 10 threes, <laughs> 4 of 10, compared to 70 of 30. Got to the line 24 times compared to 13, but once again, 16 out of 24, 66.7. Not great, but... uh Arizona really kind of seems to be, you know, in peak form. Um, they had a pretty good non-conference, you know, um, win. It, well, they had a really good win on the road at Illinois. Um, at at uh, Tennessee, they almost, you know, got the dub. They're, you know, headed in the right direction. When a week ago or ten days ago, I thought, like, man, they didn't really look good in that game. But to bounce back and get two ranked, uh, you know, wins, especially cleanly, uh, Arizona's got, we got to keep an eye on them besides, I guess, the free throw shooting. Yeah, I think it would have really, really said something about UCLA if they could have swept uh, Arizona. Um, I mean, I, you know, you kind of expect in college basketball, it really is kind of a common theme of teams will defend their home court. And obviously, if you look at those games, um, both teams had really good first halves at home. And now, you know, when you say they beat them, they'd had their home fans there for the first time in quite a while. And of course you're coming back. Arizona's at home. They got their home fans. They're going to come back. Um, I said, it was kind of a common theme last week and it really does hold true to where if you're, when we get into March, if you're looking for teams you want to bet on that you think could maybe be good teams to win a conference tournament or go deep in March, look how often they've won hard games on the road. Again, it's one thing to beat shitty teams in your conference, but if you have the guts and the players and the skills to beat a good team on the road in college basketball, that really is a rarity. Um, that's why, like I said, I've been kind of betting this year. I've been doing okay because in pretty much any close game, you bet the home team. And I know that sounds kind of like, just like, really, that's your theory. But if you look at it, Chris, again, like we went to the Big Ten last week, Almost all those Big Ten teams, their home records, like 13-3, and 12-4, and 13-2, and 14-1. Right. Like, it, no. it, really, I, it, it makes it kind of sound like, dude, is it that simple? And, and not that the game is that simple, because obviously different teams, different styles, different matchups. But when you really do look at win-loss records for teams at top of their conferences who are especially legit, or even, even in the shitty conferences, I'm sure, even the teams up top there, you're going to see – maybe two to three home losses max with 15 to 16 wins. So for those teams who do sweep opponents in their conference who are good, that really does show you that either A, they had a hell of a day, they might have a bit of advantage on them, or B, that's a damn good basketball team. So, again, I, I give them credit. Arizona might be the best team in conference, but they, they took care of their home court. And if, if, if you don't believe me, just go go check out the conference end because there's a lot of truth to it. But, hey, in the Pac-12, you're right. It's the most fun and maybe the best top heavy it's been in February, Chris, in probably the past four to five years. Excuse me. Yeah, um, that is a good point. And it's really uh, it is kind of interesting as far as, you know, what that means at home court. It, it is a big, big deal. No doubt about it. And that was another reason why I thought Kansas to kind of go into that off that theme, they weren't going to lose again in a big game at home. You know, Kentucky, 
slapped him around. They slapped Baylor around 83 to 59. And uh, it was a spread effort by Kansas, no doubt about it. Got a, a little contribution off the bench. Um, but when you look at Baylor, I mean, their starters had a rough outing. The best is probably 6 of 15 by Flagger. But otherwise, 0 of 11, 2 of 9, 1 of 5, 5 of 12. Um, and, you know, got a little off their bench, but not, not much. Um, obviously, we know they still have, you know, a guy out that is, is a crucial part of their team. But they've looked good even in tight losses prior to that. But anytime, you know, neither team shot well from three. I'll give you that, but 51% to 30%, um, you know, that's, that's pretty major uh, as far as just shooting from the field. They out-rebounded them. I know uh, Baylor got a lot of offensive rebounds, but that just sounds like a lot of misses, you know what I mean? So um, Kansas definitely bounced back real, real nicely. And I'm not going to call, you know, UConn in completely uh, free-fall mode. Uh, because shit, you know, they have some quality wins, you know, on their record, but it did seem like they kind of, now Creighton's good, but at home, you got to be Creighton. And they lost 59 55, which turned into, oh, now we got to go at Villanova. They lose that game. You know, they were competitive, but they lose that game. And we talked about the schedule Marquette, Xavier, at St. John, Seton Hall, Xavier, Villanova, and oh, by the way, Creighton another time. Um, the other, there's probably like two other games that are like, okay, they can win those for sure. We talked about how we're going to find out about how good UConn is. It seems like they got caught slipping, um, with that game right before it. And they basically had, you know, they got a game on the eighth and a game on the 11th. They need one of those, Marshall. They definitely need one of those to remain, um, you know, relevant right now. Because it's a hell of a stretch, and you got to have some confidence. You can't lose five in a row and then think you're going to turn right around and win the last four. Yeah, and again, we you look at again. Let's do a little backtracking. Like Villanova whooped up on UConn, but prior to that game, Chris Villanova got shot out the damn gym by Marquette. I, yeah, I would say that that. And again, this, this, this is one of my first craziest points of the year. But if Marquette plays like they did against Nova consistently, that, that's a Final Four team. Like, they shot literally like they didn't effing miss. Like, no, like, I watched the first half and I had a fun game to watch. And Nova's a good team. Like, Marquette punched him in the mouth, Nova came back, hit a shot. Marquette punched him in the mouth, Nova came back, hit a shot. So I, in back of my head, I'm kind of thinking, okay, you know, is, is Nova going to pull this off? But in the second half, Marquette keep, kept making their shots. Like, that was a Final Four performance for that one, I, in my opinion. Again, if Shaka's boys can play like that, that is a dangerous-ass team. I, again, I, there are so many variables to go on, okay? But that was one of the better performances I've seen all year from a team. But it, if you look at their track record, they've been playing elite basketball for the past, you know, about a month and a half, and, and it's really showing. And, of course, what does Nova do after they got punched in the mouth by, again, I wouldn't even say they played bad. They just couldn't stop Marquette. Yeah. They come back and whoop up on UConn. So there, there's so many 
so often, Chris, again, do you see, okay, we got our ass kicked. We're coming home on our court now. Now it's time that we defend ourselves. So UConn, you're right, UConn's been in a blender of a lot of tough games, and that one was kind of like a, hey, UConn, sorry that we got our ass with last game. Now we're going to take it out on you, one of, the, one of those moments, Chris. Yeah, and they have a win at Marquette, and maybe, you know, um, maybe that that's going to not – I don't know. It's kind of weird because it's like they have a win against Marquette on the road. That was a while ago in December. You know how you play like two early conference games, then you go back to your sure. non-conference, and then it kicks back in your conference. Now they they have a home game at Marquette, but they're pretty much a different club, like you said. So it, it's it's going to be rough. But I should have known. I should have known. I should have bet that Creighton game, dude. And just be like, dude, they're going to get caught looking ahead. Look at their freaking. And but they do have quality wins. We're gonna keep an eye on that whole obviously big east. Couple of like hmm, really uh tight games. Rutgers at home, to your point, what we were talking about, destroyed a Michigan State team that's played really well of late. Eighty four to sixty three. Um Texas destroyed Iowa State sixty three to forty one. Iowa State, I think, got knocked out of the, the, the rankings there. Um, Xavier lost to DePaul, sixty-nine to sixty-five. I think that was from from Saturday anyway. Um, you know, definitely like, hmm, interesting. That I didn't see that coming. And maybe they, you know, um, were kind of looking ahead to the schedule they got because they got to play at Seton Hall. They got to play UConn. I know twice, and then I think Providence in there. So. This whole mixture of the Big East, we're going to get there pretty soon, but there wasn't a whole lot of surprises on Saturday. But, I mean, there were some, you know, but there was a lot of blowouts, too. Um, I w- but overall, I will you say, know, Chris, um, the one weird thing about Xavier, like if you, if you look at their win-loss record, you could say, hey, that's a tournament team. But I'm pretty sure now for the past seven games, they've been down at halftime. But I think they'd come back to literally win those six prior to the um, DePaul game. And DePaul, prior to that, was uh, only had one win in conference. So Xavier has the pieces. They have the skills. But if you consistently – and this is more of a college football team that we've had, you know, where teams kind of come out slow. You normally don't have that in basketball. But it is very odd of a trend to have your team literally lose seven first halves in a row – yet have a tremendous record. Like, do you do you recall ever that happening too often with a good team that just doesn't yeah, seem to come out with energy? Yeah, that's that's weird. Usually so, it's the opposite. You come out of the locker room a little, you know, second half, like, oh, we got this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. They're, they're, they're a very interesting team, which uh, it's just, yeah. So when you're looking to bet them on a given week, if you watch the first half of the game, don't freak out. Just you're probably going to be in a 10-point hole. But then come second half, they're going to bounce out of it. And they actually did. They came out in the second half of that game against DePaul. They went on a 17-2 to run. They also did the same thing to Creighton last week where they went on a 27-2 to run. But DePaul punched back. I think they cut the lead down from like 10. They got like a four-point lead. But they got lazy with the ball, had a few turnovers, and it was a wrap. But, yeah, Xavier, man, if you can get it all together and even play maybe 35 minutes of good ball and have five minutes off, you're, you're probably going to be a pretty good team. But you can't be doing 20 on, 20 off. That's a really hard way to, to be consistent, my friend. 
I forgot to mention, too, you know, Baylor, obviously they had a great year last year, right? They won the championship. And a decent start to this year, a little bit more decent considering who they lost, but they had won nine in a row going into that um, Kansas game, uh, who was ranked 10th, against the top top tw- 10, not 12, top 10 opponents. They had won nine in a row, dude. That's pretty freaking impressive. Obviously, they were due for a loss. And boy, did they get freaking a loss. Um Good news, very good news, breaking news, 69-68, to 68, the Duke Blue Devils go down against Virginia, who, by the way, did need a dub, you know? It was kind of like, hey, what's going on? And I'm looking at it, Marshall, and we're just talking about, you know, not coming out to play in the first half. It's 14-1 to 1 at the 16 16- minute mark of the first against Arizona. Now, we just got done talking, oh, man, look out for Arizona, dude. But did you see this? And then now all of a sudden Arizona State, who, by the way, the Sun Devils, you know, got that triple overtime win. They better they better freaking uh, mix it up a little bit. Any other items uh, from this last weekend that you want to talk about? I was really um, – not that Georgetown, you know, they're, they're having struggles, but I like – there's something about beating a team, you know, um, that you're supposed to beat, right? You got to win the games. We talk about that with the Timberwolves this year. You got to win the games that you're supposed to win. And Bynum goes for 32 off the bench, seven of eight from three. No problems at Georgetown. Like I said, I know this is in the Hoyas, uh, you know, from from yesteryear. But 71 to 52, 20 and two. Providence got a roll, but any other uh, items that you'd like to discuss from this last week in here, sir? Yeah, the only one I want to say is if I'm going to consistently say that, hey, if good teams can win at home, that's how basketball goes, let me give credit to a team who doesn't give a shit where they play, apparently, for now, and that is the uh, Kentucky Wildcats and uh, Coach Cal and his guys, because <laughs> You you went into Kansas and whooped their ass. Okay, so uh, cool, that's a good win. And then you went into Alabama and kicked their ass too. And this is the same Bama gym where a week ago they beat Baylor, which was a good win, and played Auburn really tight. So you know, so it's like, damn, it's like, dude, if we're if I'm gonna give people credit for always winning at home, right. I, I for sure. So I mean, you want to talk about it takes balls to win on the road? Well, Kentucky's done that now against. Two of the better home court advantages in the whole country. And they would have done it against Auburn if they had Ty Ty, too. Golly, I forgot about that. I know. So is is Bama not quite as good as last year? Sure. But again, on a given day, Bama's beat a lot of top notch teams in the NBA this year, or sorry, in college basketball this year. So, uh, hey, hey, Kentucky, we're going to get. If if you can walk into the toughest arenas in the country and beat teams easily by double digits, you are a serious, serious team to worry about if you get that draw in March. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. And that's not taking anything away from Auburn, that's for sure, because no, uh, they no, are not at all. Yeah, 22 and 1 and all that. Um, so not a ton of movement per se within the top 10. Like, big drops, obviously, UCLA dropped majorly because of losing back-to-back. They lost nine spots. Um, 
So did uh, UConn. We just talked about them. They lost seven spots. Michigan State, for that bad loss, lost four spots. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Gonzaga, you know, the, it's funny. The coaches poll, Gonzaga's number one and Auburn's number two. Um, but, yeah, there, there wasn't a ton of movement there. But, you know, big Mondays, obviously we just got a big upset, right, um, that we were just talking about. It's 16 to 5, by the way. I'm going to keep updating you every every minute. Um, no, but, uh, you know, big Monday's a big day. Saturday's always big. Thursday night used to be bigger. But this year so far, Tuesday night college basketball has been a hit. Not a miss, a hit. And here we go again. Number 18, Marquette, going on the road at UConn. UConn a five-and-a-half-point favorite, my friend. Um, Auburn at Arkansas. Didn't they just have someone get hurt? I can't remember. They're only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Number 14, Wisconsin at Michigan State, who now needs a nice win. Michigan State beat Wisconsin on their own floor. So, you know, the Badgers are coming for blood. And then a rematch from what? Was it a double overtime game a couple of Mondays ago? Or probably it was a Tuesday, but I think it was a Monday. At uh, Illinois at Purdue. I mean, dude. Tuesday, forget Big Monday, Marshall. Tuesday night is the place to be. And you know what? What do you, what do you think about that UConn being five-and-a-half-point favorites? I do think the Badgers, by the way, I was so strong on the Badgers, you know, to, to, to go in there and say, screw that, we're going to get the dub. But I forgot, Michigan State just got their ass kicked. And they're going to respond now, damn it. I'm confused, man. I'm sorry. I'll pass it to you. I, uh, I, I, I can't, I can't bet against Marquette. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm a shock lover, but that team in the past ten games is, besides Kentucky, is probably playing the best basketball in the country. So, and I suppose you could lose the game and lose by less than five and a half. So, sure. Um, I, it, UConn's a good squad. Again, I, I think they're and they. If you look at their scores, sometimes they're dropping eighty in games. Sometimes they're dropping sixty. Um, I do think that losing that book night from last year, who was kind of a really go-to scorer, has hurt them. Uh, but again, if we're talking about moments to you know punch back and get get back on track and have a nice win, you know, UConn's been going through a, a grind of a schedule. Um, you just faced, uh, like I said, Villanova on a tough night, and Creighton beat you by four. So, you know, it's your time to bounce back in your turn. But I just can't – I can't bet against Marquette. Now, Marquette could get their ass kicked. They could lose. But if, if I'm talking just from a pick perspective on the show and we like to give our picks and talk some gambling, um, I would gladly take Marquette with five and a half points and see how it plays out. Um, I just – they're playing really well. So let's see what they get. But, yeah, it would be a great win for UConn to, you know, right the ship after – uh, and end a two-game losing streak and avoid a three because after you go to play Marquette, then you go to Xavier. And again, Xavier on a given night in a second half can ambush you. So, <laughs> Jesus, the, the Big East has been a lot of fun. It's maybe not quite as talented uh, as the Big Ten and Big 12, but it, it sure is fun as hell to watch, and it's pretty evenly balanced out of a conference. And just for the hell of it, I'm going to go UConn, although, man, like you said, that's a nice Marquette bet because you still have the little, you know, five and a half sugar, man. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I may pick them and go the opposite way. You know what I mean? 
Sure. Like, mm-hmm. pick him on the show and put my money on Marquette just because of that. <laughs> um, now, as far as the rematch uh, from a double overtime game a couple of weeks ago at Illinois, Purdue got it done. The big thing is that um, I think he's junior from, from Jamaica, Kingstown, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. Big seven-footer, Kofi. He had a rough game that game. He had fall problems. He only he didn't really do much. Uh, I mean, ten points, five boards, played twenty two minutes. I'm guessing he's going to do more. Okay, I'm guessing he's going to do more, and I'm going to pick. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Illinois to go at Purdue, which is very tough. Purdue is a six point favorite. I'm going to go straight up, but I also like that little six points. So I'm going to go fighting Illini to pay him back. And I really don't know what the hell is going to happen in that Michigan State game now. I totally forgot that they lost, even though I said it in my head. I already had a kind of like, you know, a quarterback that already knows where they're going with the ball, and then there's a blitz, and you're like, oh, oh shit. Well, that's where I'm at right now. I was going to pick the Badgers, but I'm kind of herky-jerky. But I am going to pick the Fighting Illini to pull up. Um, would be like a minor upset just because it's on the road. I'm going to take uh, Purdue, the home team. And then also going to take uh, the Badgers to whoop up uh, or get whooped up on, I should say. Okay. Um, whoop, whoop them. Wow. Because I, I still remember the second half of the uh, Michigan State just decimation of Wisconsin. And mm. I, 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 I that, that, that one scarred in my head, brother. Uh, I think I lost like 30 bucks on it, whatever. But that, that was a beatdown to where, like, Wisconsin's bigs made – uh, Wisconsin's bigs look like some boys. Like that, 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 that was a beatdown, and that one. I and now you're going back to your home court. So, I just don't Off see the of transformation. A loss too? Y- yeah, um, yeah, I will. I will be. I'm going here, so they they just lost. They don't. I, I dude, yeah, and, and and they came off a loss against Mich- Wisconsin the other time too. So again, it's a lot. A lot of times, it's so much about schedule. So minus four and a half. I will gladly take Sparty with the four and a half to get the job done. And uh, for Wisconsin, you know, they had that uh, Johnny Davis, who about a month ago was really, like, in Vegas, like a top three player of the year he contender. He had a pro deal. He was already drafted, I think. Yeah, he was player of the year contender. But he's, not that he's fallen off the map, but he's had a couple of games where he's been slumping, which if you're in college, you're going to get player of the year. You normally don't see college guys maybe more have more than maybe one or two games of a slump. He's kind of been in a bit of a funk for quite a while now. And I'm not saying the guy's like, good. It's a lot. He's it does take a lot to carry portal. it. Just admit it. He's right there. He's it, got the page open. And he's about to hit the button. Like, oh, should I be it, in the transfer portal or not? So, yeah, bet, I, I would I would gladly, confidently bet Sparty, bet Sparty, bet Sparty, take the four and a half, or maybe see if you can get four and a half or four or three and a half or something. Be I. I'll be betting green and white tomorrow. Xavier at home feels like they're going to win Friday night hoops, though. Friday night hoops. Um, I like Baylor to beat Texas Saturday. We're talking 11 a.m. Central on ESPN2. I do like Baylor to protect their home court, although Texas has got plenty of talent, but we've probably said that the last couple of years as well. A couple other games that kind of stand out to me, well, down the stretch of that night, nine o'clock, two nine o'clock, whoa, ESPN, ESPN two, nine o'clock, although they probably won't tip off at the exact, exact same time. Um, 
UCLA and USC at USC, um, which is not a far drive. Um, is UCLA going to get, you know, not go on a three game losing streak and, and beat USC? And then can, speaking of halves, can, can, can St. Mary's at least stay with them within a three to five point range just in the first half against Gonzaga? Uh, what, I don't know what it is about USC. I just don't think they play like a team. I, there's something when I watch them play, Chris, I, I can't put my finger on it, but it just does. It, I, it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like the offense is kind of like guys take turns playing ISO ball. And I think their like defense is actually just kind of shit. Like when I watch them play, it's just like, dude, I, I feel like they have a lot of top man prospects and they do, but the defensive skills are poor and offensively I just kind of feel like oh, I'm going to take turns like it's kind of looks like an NBA offense to me where like all right dude it's your turn go do something so something just doesn't quite sit well with me on them so I'm going to pick against USC and um sorry I got I got sidetracked to my USC what was the other game you're speaking of brother oh can uh St. Mary's even be within like you know, 40 to 37 in the first half, because if not, you know, I mean, that game, Gonzaga may not get tested the rest of the schedule. Yeah, I, you know, the St. Mary's team, they, from, especially watch them at the start of the season, they seem to be a little less skilled than prior St. Mary's teams. Um, they did have a really nice, impressive come from behind win against San Francisco, who's, who's like a, a respectable average team. They were down, like, I believe over 17 and a half and came back to beat San Fran. So St. Mary's isn't a joke, but I wouldn't say this is one of their solid teams they've had. Now, I, I have watched games when it's St. Mary's Gonzaga, especially at St. Mary's, it's a pretty fun watch. But um, I, with them being a lesser team than they're used to, I don't, Chris, I don't think they keep it close. I think that one is, um, well, I, I wouldn't say a beatdown, but I don't think Gonzaga's going to have to sweat too much, my friend. Well, they got... Um, beat 52 to 43, uh, at BYU, but that was coming off, um, you know, a, a COVID pause and they were in that San Diego State game. Um, they got beat by Colorado State, who's decent for a mid-major team. They, they, they were in a really tight game with Wisconsin and they did beat Oregon and Notre Dame, but that was, you know, Thanksgiving. Um, and it's February now. You know what I mean? So we're not, there's no uh, turkey around the table or anything like that. There's no college football on, nothing like that. So if they can appear, maybe they can make that a game with five minutes left. That'd be cool uh, because Gonzaga definitely needs to, you know, to, to get tested like that. Um, UConn at St. John's, man, I know we just keep, you know, banging the drum on this, but golly, they just, their schedule's nuts, man. Uh, of late, just not even of late, just to, for the rest of the whole time, really. Um, any other games you want to preview um, before we kind of, you know, break down some of these conferences? Because I'm looking at the ACC now after that loss, nine and three. You got nine and three Duke, nine and three uh, Notre Dame, nine and four half game out Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons. Um, Eight and four, eight and four, nine and five. That's Miami, um, North Kakalaka, and Virginia, who now only one game out. And hey, they beat Duke. ACC is 
all of a sudden getting kind of fun here down the stretch. Yeah, you're. It, it is, Chris. It is, and and I think you know we've named a lot of these teams who a couple weeks ago were like, dude, why are you know a lot of these regular locked in tournament teams, you know, uh, in the bottom half of the conference? And again, give it a little bit of time. Now they don't have a whole lot more time, but they got another another three weeks to maybe you know get their ducks in the same pond and, and figure stuff out a little bit. But I won't be surprised, you know, if they start kind of creeping their way back up. So we're speaking, you know, maybe about like of a Florida State, of a Virginia, of a Syracuse, of a Virginia Tech. You know, I know Louisville kind of took a, a tough bullet with uh, losing our coach in the middle of the year, which is never ideal. But, yeah, I think that it is fun. We do have a couple of surprises up there. I don't think many people had Notre Dame, Wake, and Miami from two to four. And then you got Virginia, Florida State, you know, I had Wake Carolina. Early. I had Waker. No, that was good. So, yeah, I, I do think it, it makes for, uh, it, it, it makes for a fun, a fun deal. Like, I, you can give Kansas credit and then they deserve it for kind of running the show in the Big 12 for last decade plus. But there's something we said for, hey, like, let's see a new crop of teams. Let's see if they can stick around, you know, when it comes to February and be in there and see how they do in the conference tournament in March. So, yeah, it's nice to see just a, a different switch of teams, obviously being a Carolina guy, I'd like my Carolina heels to be up high, but I mean, they're tied for second place or, you know, they're doing okay. But yeah. It's, it's a nice change of pace. Um, it's good to see some things up there changed. And I will say though, lastly, I am surprised that Virginia and Florida state aren't ranked. Like that's pretty much, I would say almost a guarantee every February for the past, I would say, right. well, shit, seven, eight years said pretty confidently that if you looked in the past seven, eight seasons in February, Leonard Hamilton and Tony Bennett's teams are pretty much always ranked. And normally one of them is, and I guess they are all tied for a second in a way, but normally, you know, are have a better win loss record than they do right now. So yeah, it, it's, it's getting more fun. Yeah, that's completely perfect analysis, my friend. It's getting more fun. Now in the big East and big 10, I'm, I'm noticing a trend here. We are starting to draw lines. Okay, and some of them are a little bit more clear than others. We've already gone over UConn, who's sitting at six and four, with you know a lot of work to do. But if you go five hundred in that stretch, you're going to end up pretty good. Xavier sitting four games out, the last ranked team. They play you, you, excuse me, UConn twice. They also play Providence, so there could be some movement there. But it does seem like um, you know that top five. There, there is a, a line being drawn, and same with the. Uh, the Big Ten, when you drop off the rankings, those top five, sure, three games with, uh, you know, three games out with Indiana and Rutgers, not far out. But it does seem, like I said, there's a pretty solid line there. Illinois, Wisconsin, Purdue, Michigan State, and Ohio State. And the beauty-filled thing of it is, you know, Illinois literally plays Purdue and Wisconsin plays Michigan State. So that's a big separator for the Big Ten Conference this week. Yeah, um, to to talk about the Big East first, just because that is my favorite conference. Um, yeah, we know, I, we know, we know. I mean, you say it every week. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's like, dude, I got to hear about Lane Kiffin and college football. Now it's the fucking Big East basketball. I need, I need, I need a new co-host. <laughs> Never. So, um, but Providence, hey, all, all the sabermetrics people, shut your damn mouth. Oh, this, this team is the luckiest <laughs> team in America. Well, maybe they are lucky. But they're also. Shit, I wish my one. golfers were that lucky. 
Yeah, no shit. But they're they're ten and one in arguably the top a top three conference in America. So if you keep how how much more lucky are you gonna get? Like if you go to Vegas, you can't get it ain't gonna be red fifteen times in a row on on roulette or you ain't gonna, you know, avoid craps for twenty rolls. So let's just call them good. And Villanova's right there behind them and Marquette, who I think that's my Sleeper final four pick right now is pretty damn good. And then UConn and Xavier, respectable. You're right, though. After that, it does drop off. Um, I bet a lot of people would have thought a month ago that Creighton, Seton Hall, and St. John's were potential tournament teams. But to wrap up my Big East talk, I'll keep it short. It's going to take a really good run from Creighton, Seton Hall, or St. John's to make the tournament because they have too many losses and they don't have enough wins. Like they, they, you're under 500 in conference or at 500. And you've kind of been getting beat up by those teams above you. I'm not saying it can't happen, but you got to go on a hell of a run uh, to to sneak up uh, to that top five. But man, Providence keep winning. Nova, like usual, uh, a tournament test team. And yeah, it's just I'll, I'll, uh, I'll I'm sure I'll have something to say good about the conference next week, my friend. <laughs> and then screw the Big East or the Big Ten, and then I'm. I, I was I was just I was just catching my breath. I was catching my breath. Okay, now to give the Big Ten credit as well, um, Purdue they're nine and three and get their third in the country. So it's like they're kind. Of, it's almost just kind of like you're having a couple losses here and there, but they can't be that bad because, dude, shit, you're you're third in the country yet you're third in your division. I guess tied for second. So um, the thing that makes Purdue special, if you haven't seen them play. Is they have two really good bigs, and they've had they've pretty much had two really good bigs for the past four years now. So they, they somehow are able to draft really athletic bigs. So uh, Purdue is obviously a team to be concerned about. They got a they have two good bigs and a great guard. Illinois has one great big, and they they did have a guard go pro last year. But Illinois is obviously a good deep team. They're in first place, and Wisconsin, besides the beatdown I saw when they faced Sparty doesn't really have any awful losses this year, but I will say there's a bit of a concern that your your Johnny Davis, who was their stud guard, who really did carry that team to the hot start they had, again, has fallen off a bit. I'm not sure if that's the guys in a bit of a just refreshed that Maybe. page again. I, I, I reports, he just refreshed the, t- the transfer portal. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but again, if you look at Wisconsin, Chris, They've normally been a team that is just kind of more of a they're uh, they're an overall team. It's not so much you know they have a stud guard that averages twenty three game. That's really never been their mo. So to have one guy kind of carry the weight of the team as opposed to having you know they only have a couple of like good posts. A guy a couple guys can jack up the three. So maybe that's put a little extra pressure on the guy. But overall, look at their record nine and three in conference, eighteen four overall. Like you know they're sitting there good. Uh, Sparty eight and three and. Uh, fourth place has, in my opinion, maybe looked had some moments of looking the best in the whole conference overall. And Ohio State seven three, like yeah, the Big Ten is loaded freaking up top. Um, and John, to wrap Johnny this one Davis up, and eight dudes from Minnesota. That's who they got. To, to wrap this one up, though, again, if we're talking about people on the bubble, Indiana is seven and five in the Big Ten, like they're a definite bubble team. Rutgers is seven and five, probably needs some more impressive wins. They've been kind of racking up on the bad teams and losing to the good ones. And Michigan, it's they're right now they're probably outside the bubble, but you're five and five in conference. You're not dead. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised that Juwan Howard and his team kind of came out flat like they did. 
but they're I wouldn't say their hopes are over. There there's still some hopes there, but you gotta sneak in a couple of big wins to maybe sneak out of that Lenardi bubble, Chris. Yeah, that's a good good way to put it. Uh moving to SEC in the Pac twelve, <clears throat> another theme with the uh you know, the movement and what or the the, the, the line. Um Arkansas can make a move. They can make a move. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but they can make a move. They they still have to play Kentucky. They play Tennessee twice. They play Auburn. So they, they can still make a move. And I noticed in the Pac-12, Oregon still has to play USC, Ukula, and Arizona. So they're not completely out of it. They can still make a move. Um, but they are kind of, you know, they're, they're, they've been the more – with Arizona, they've been kind of established these last this last decade or whatever. Obviously, UCLA having a big you know season last year, but it's still in the realm. But they got a lot of work cut out for them. Yeah, and, and uh, they they do. I'll start with the with the Pac-12, you know, and then hit the SEC as we uh, do our cross country trips. As my co-host wastes all of our gas money. <laughs> um, the, yeah, screw the the uh, environment, man. I'm just going to burn it, burn that oil. So Arizona probably is, you know, the most talented team in the big, in the, in, in the Pac-12. Like on paper, sabermetrics, on numbers, like that is probably the most skilled offense in the group. Uh, and their one loss was at UCLA and UCLA shot lights out. Um, UCLA also, if when they get right, cause they had a COVID bug, they kind of went through a, a little rough patch there. I think that team will be good to go and ready come tournament time. Like, you know, obviously, COVID has affected teams differently this year, but UCLA kind of took one on the chin there. So I think when it comes down to March, you're going to see a pretty focused team like we saw last year. I'm not saying they're going to be a final four lock, but they didn't really lose any people, many people from last year. And you're going to have a pretty Arizona like 10 days. Yeah. So that's a legit looking team. USC. I know their record's good. I just don't like how they play. That's just my personal opinion. They just something about that seems off with me. Um, to give Washington credit, they were kind of bottom of the barrel, like, not too long ago. And they've been playing at a nice little run, so they're maybe creeping up to the bubble watch. Oregon has potential, but you also know they're not ranked, which goes to show, hey, if you're second in a good conference and you're not ranked, that's because you have some shitty losses, which Oregon does. Uh, Oregon is – Probably Chris, the most unpredictable team in the big in the Pac-12. I quit same thing because this is a team where in a given week beat UCLA and USC both on the road. So if I'm giving out my gold stars for road wins to go to both of those gyms back to back games, that's a hell of a performance. But yeah. I watched Colorado play Washington State this past week, and that was legit the worst performance I've seen from a team this year in D1 basketball. I mean, I've seen you know, all Jackson, 368 of them, too. Hey, so, well, I mean, our our Jacksonville Dolphins keep repping. So, <laughs> I mean, that Colorado team was absolute trash. And this Colorado team beat Oregon at home. Mm. So the, the ceiling and the floor for Oregon is massively tall. Like, uh, that team, dude, you beat two top ten teams and you lose to a team who I would say is probably – a bottom 200 team from the way they played that. And like there, there's, there's a, a huge variety of range, but Oregon, you know, they're normally come tournament time. They normally win a couple of games. So 
Three games left Pac-12. against all those ranked teams, too. Uh, amen. So, yeah, I, you know, I, it, Oregon's a one to look out for. And you said the SEC, right, my friend? I did, yep. Okay. And, well, hey, uh, we I gave Kentucky credit. You know, they you beat people up on the road who are good. They deserve it. Auburn, how much longer can they stand defeated? You know, you're getting your punches. Um, They've really actually been having a lot of – they haven't had uh, – actually, I, I can't say I have any close games. They were up like 18 against yeah, Georgia, Georgia at half. Yeah. And yeah, I guess you know, kind of took the foot off the pedal. You know, they did get the win, though. Uh, but Auburn's obviously, like, legit. You know, you're you're uh, undefeated in the Big 12 uh, – in SEC play. You're 12-0 and at home. You're 7-0 away. So you had, you had a neutral site loss. Okay. Kentucky's right on your butt. Um, Arkansas, I think when they're home and away, are a massively different team. Uh, I, I've seen this Arkansas team play a couple of games on the road where they look pretty pedestrian. But at home, they really play a lot of energy. And to wrap up my SEC talk, Tennessee, they have potential, Chris, to be good because their defense is elite. But offensively, they can really struggle. Like in games where Tennessee – can score in the 60s, you're looking at probably a good chance of winning, but there, it's the the offense is so massively hit or miss. Oh, and one last part, sorry. Um, LSU was basically ranked for a month in a row. Now they're four and six in conference and like in a big hole. I remember we talked about them. I thought they, they had the had, best coach in the nation. I thought that was what everyone was saying. I remember saying their offense has issues because they would go right. from scoring 80 in a game and then scoring 50. So, dude, you're four and six in conference now, and you're right there with Bama at four and six. LSU and Bama have potential to make the tournament, but you best go on a pretty damn good run for the rest of this month if you want to have the chance to sneak into March. Yeah, no doubt about it. Remember, uh, Arizona was down 14 and one early, five minutes to play. 28-28, so everybody just calm down. The Wildcats, you know, and the Sun Devils are battling on FS1 on a Monday. That is so weird. You know, I think – I wonder if that was scheduled. I, mean, I, I wouldn't doubt if they just kind of like, ah, oh, this is what we're going to go with because we've got to reschedule or whatever. It seems like Thursday, Saturday, Monday is not really a normal schedule uh, in college basketball. That's like a four games and six nights in the NBA. You know, that that's the – usually you just don't play. I mean, you'll play some, you know, Saturday, Mondays, but then you don't play till next Saturday, you know, the next Saturday. So sure. You time off to practice and everything like that. Kansas does that a lot because they're featured in the Big 12 general are featured on, uh, you know, Big Monday a lot. Um, all right. Um, let's get to that crafty, crappy pick of the week, sir. All right, well, just to review from last week, we, we're currently 2-0. Hey. And, if you've, and if you've not heard this segment before, it, it all started with the football show. We, uh, we think we do about eight years now for the football show, and we pick just a really shitty game every week, and then we just kind of have fun breaking it down. And um, in football, we normally hit a 70% clip, and we're currently 2-0 in, um, in basketball this year. So – as I will uh, get a new game set up for my uh, co-host here. Oh God, can we, can we read? Uh, what 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 day is it at least? Uh, uh Saturday is Wednesday. What day? We we are going with. I had one here. Just give me one second, my friend. 
Don't make um, me play the Coach K clip. I mean, I'll do it. I'll do it right now. I don't care. Well, you, you, you caught me by surprise. I thought we had a, 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 another second, but we're, we're, we're good. We're good. Okay. Um, oh, good guy. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, hey, this, this is definitely a shitty game. Okay. The, uh, the game is. What day is it? Uh, the ninth. The ninth. So we're going to a, uh, we're going to a Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. All right. right. It is a 630 central time game. Okay. And you have the, the Maryland East Shore Hawks. They can't even start at six. They put the shitty games at 630. And the Shore Hawks. I'm not quite. I guess it's a bird that lives on the beach. The is Maryland traveling. Eastern Shore Hawks, you're saying? Maryland Eastern Shore Hawks <laughs> are traveling to the Delaware State Hornets. We have a hawk facing the Hornet. Now you could say the Hornets, the, the Delaware State Hornets. They, there's a Hornets nest. Well, I don't think many people are afraid to walk in or get stung because Delaware State's two and sixteen and zero and five in conference. Maryland's two and four in this garbage conference. So Chris, let's take it away as the Shorehawks travel on their own again. It, when, when, when college basketball teams play on their own, it's hard for them to win. So can the Delaware State Hornets get off the offering conference and upset the Maryland East Shorehawks Wednesday night? And the game is not on ESPN plus just to let people know. And there's not even a price for vivid seats. <laughs> they're, not, they're not selling tickets. <laughs> They're not even selling tickets. Jesus Lord. Go ahead, brother. It's in a hall. So that kind of tells you Memorial Hall. That sounds like sounds like you can put people in it. Um Jesus. Man. Yeah, this is pretty bad. I'll say that. Uh Whew. Um Hey, Delaware State, two of their last three games have been two point losses. So they play with a lot of heart. They got heart, Chris. They got heart. Name those games. The opponent. Uh, South Carolina State and Coppin State. Got it. Got it. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so that pretty much decides it for me. No, what I do like is that they hung around with this team we've been talking about, the Yukon Huskies. 72-63. Ooh. And, Ooh. and they beat Lehigh last Ooh. week. Or the week before we went with Lehigh, they lost to Lehigh, whatever the hell it was. But at least we knew who the hell Lehigh was, right? We know sure. them. Um, so I'm going to go with the visiting Maryland Eastern Shore Hawks to come by and just kind of swoop by the beehive, stir them up, and then just dip because they can, you know, they can fly faster, I'm assuming anyway. So, yeah, I'm going with the Maryland Eastern Shorehawks, the first road game uh, victory of the year. And then and I also have to do this. There is no doubt in my mind that Mike is the brightest young coaching talent in America. This couple many personal qualities led us to believe him to be the best possible choice to lead Duke's basketball program now and in the future. In his five years at West Point, Krzyzewski's teams posted a 73-59 and record, including a 20-win season in 77. This past year, the cadets won only nine of 26 games. It's an honor to be 
uh, being head basketball coach at Duke, uh, I've come from a, what I think is one of the greatest schools in the world, the United States Military Academy, to another school that I think is one of the greatest schools in the world. Uh, greatest schools in the world. You heard, heard it first. That was the way back in 1990, or my bad, 1980, Coach K getting introduced as the head coach of Duke University. On a uh, side note, um, just so you know, the Delaware State Hornets' two wins this year were against Cairn University, C-A-I-R-N, and Regent <laughs> It's University. Karen. They shut that shit down because too many Karens went. That's where, they, that's where they've been developing the Karens. It's a C-A-I-R-N, not a K, Chris, not a K, C-A-I-R-N. It um, sounds like Karen. Neither of those schools, if you go to ESPN, you cannot click on them because there's no link to that school. <laughs> it was an exhibition. Yeah. But, hey, you know, two of your last three losses are by two points. You know, that Hornet, Chris, Chris, my co-host, say consider that Hornet's death. It's going to be cooking. So on that <laughs> note, we will be breaking down the Delaware State Hornets and their nest and see how they do <laughs> against the Shorehawks. What a, that's a hell of a match. I'm not even on ESPN Plus. You can't even buy an effing ticket. So on that note, stay safe. Yeah, it's sold uh, out. Stay safe, stay safe, stay safe. Hey, March Madness is five weeks away. You start putting out your calendar, make a little countdown on your cell phone. We are five weeks away from picking brackets and having one of the best four-month stretches of sports we get to enjoy in this country as fans. So we'll be back next week. The boys are out tonight. Peace.